Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I want you all to go home now and have a very Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. Aren't you a long way from home? Baby, please come home. We better get home. Yeah! Anyone the heck home? Oh, baby, please come home. I should be getting home. I'll be home for Christmas. Slamming doors and screaming curses? You can count. That I would have gone home for the holidays. Oh, please come home for Christmas. You're just bastard people, and I'm going home, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite my pillow. It's what I'm gonna do. Do you want to go look for the mistletoe? Fine with me, but we'd have to go to the home of people who kiss. Uh, I'm in charge now. Everyone, go home. Hey, it is Christmas. We better get home. From our dysfunctional home to yours, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from all of us at the Bob and Sherry Show. Now, here's Bob and Sherry. Yeah. Woo, do I have some good news for your Throwback Thursday gateway to the weekend. Listen to this. Something that has driven me crazy my whole adult life is uh, when, you, when you're told that the best way to make sure that you get good sleep and that you're healthy is to wake up at the same time every day, even on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I've been hearing this. I've been hearing Forever. this since I've been a grown up. And mm-hmm. I have never followed that because I'm not getting up at 4 a.m. on Saturday morning, folks. I'm just right. not freaking doing it. Not. Darn right. I am not. Yeah. And you're always told, yes, but, you know, you should and you'll, it'll be better for you, blah, blah, blah. Well, as we head into a weekend and a holiday where hopefully lots of people listening to this right now are going to get a few extra days off, not only should you go ahead and sleep in on your day off, doing that could save your life. Hallelujah. Finally, we're done with that nonsense about getting up at the same time every day. And one of these wellness experts, Lamar, actually had the cojones to say, even when you go on vacation, set your alarm as though it were a work day. Ah, No. No. Hold still while I kick you in the leg. Absolutely not. So um, they tracked over 3,000 people And they tracked their sleep cycles for a long, long time. And they found that if you're sleep deprived during the week and you're able to get an extra couple of hours on Saturday or Sunday, you are 63% less likely to have a heart attack or a stroke. That's a lot. That's a big number. That's a lot. Yeah, that's That's a a really big number. So while it's true. Do you know what my mother used to say? This is how far it goes back. 
my mother uh, would say, you haven't, you haven't been sleeping well uh, for some reason, and you can never get those hours back again. What? What does that mean? You can never no, get those hours back again. a lot of people say that. A lot of people will tell you that there's no it was point wrong. sleeping in. Yeah, well, they'll yeah. tell you that. They'll say there's no point sleeping in because you can't make up a sleep right. deficit. That's what she but, meant. Yeah. But let me just say this. According to this, quote, weekend catch-up sleep is associated with a lower risk of heart disease, stroke, and heart attack, especially for people who don't get enough sleep during the week. Again, okay. hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad don't you that. feel, yeah, don't you feel even a little bit guilty if you now, of course, this weekend, as we head into, if you're celebrating Christmas, this is going to be a very busy weekend. But as you head into the weekend or you get a couple of days off, go ahead and sleep. And anyone who tells you, well, that's, you can't catch up on sleep. Yeah, I'm not catching yeah. up on sleep. I'm not dying of a heart attack, okay? <laughs> How did it take so How? long to, to, to have a pronouncement like this? Because, I mean, right now, we have doctors in India who are operating on somebody in Texas, you know, because of computers and everything. It's just, it's amazing what medical miracles have uh, come before us. And yet, something as basic as this was believed all those years Maybe the researchers knew it and just said this is too minor to even talk about. But, you know, for if this is true, and I think it is, that impacts a lot of people. Well, we have never, we have never, ever once followed that wake up the same time every day. I did not follow day. that. Never, never, ever. never, never followed that. Can ever. you imagine waking up at 4 o'clock on a Saturday morning and you have a party to go to at 8 p.m. that night? Is that the longest mm -hmm. day ever? Woo. No, I just, no. I just, I, I would be told over and over again, oh, it's better for you. This is why you have insomnia. Sometimes you need to get up the same time every day. Really? Right. I'm not getting yeah. up before I am on my day off ever. Right. That is not going to be happening. Even if you wake me up at 4am on my day off, I'm going right back to sleep. So this was, I just felt like, you know, this is the kind of thing where you pass through it on your newsfeed and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But this was yeah. one, I felt like the people, the people needed to hear this news because the right. people have been fed an insane line of BS. And right. this is the truth. Go ahead. For years. That sleep. Yeah. Get Bob, it, girl. You need to get up at 4 a.m. and eat kale. You need to get up at 4 a.m. and eat kale right away, Bob. And then drink 10 glasses of water by 5 a.m. That was the devil telling you that. Yeah, it's yeah, Bob yeah. and Sherry. This is just the most sentimental time of the year. And so we have a brand new feature for you called Max's Christmas Bag Full of Memories. You have a co-worker that does not take the tree down? No, I worked for a woman uh -huh. who's highly eccentric, and she has multiple trees in her house and multiple cats. And Hey, I work for a woman who's highly eccentric <laughs> with multiple cats. <laughs> hmm. All right, everybody makes sacrifices around the holiday time, and Leo used to have to drive. Was it from Florida to New York, Leo? Uh, yes. Yeah. It was, uh, I, we used to live in South Florida, and we used to go up and uh, visit my grandmother and uh, cousins in New York. So, uh, a car ride trip. 
You mean people in New York actually know people in Florida? Isn't that amazing? You never would think that, would you? <laughs> How many hours did you say that was? Uh, it was a long trip. I mean, it was an all-day and night thing. I mean, we usually sometimes stop midway around North Carolina, you know, South Carolina. But that's about. We kind of. It's about thirteen and a half hours. Yeah, or fourteen hours, something like that. Yeah. But anyways, uh, it was my mother uh, and my younger brother. I guess at the time we were, uh, I was 11, my younger brother was 7, and we had a Honda Accord, and my mother drove. Uh, we were driving up, and we had this cat, uh, a kitten, and the car, of course, was packed to the tilt. Uh, the litter box was on top, sitting between my brother and I, and, of course, a big back window where the litter box was sitting where our heads are. And, of course, the cat had to do its business. So hmm. sitting there, and I mean, we were just horrified, just watching the cat do its business, and cars going by, people looking at it. You're actually seeing what's going on. My brother and I are holding our noses. <laughs> we're telling my mother the smell is unbearable. Going, it's not so bad. Don't worry, it's not so bad. Going down the window, the cat litter's flying around, hitting us in the face. <laughs> I think to this day, that's why I'm not a cat lover. I love dogs. I don't know. You know again, the irony. Leo, do you realize that if you had a grandma who did that in the back seat, you all wouldn't take her? No, that's right. Your parents would say, Nana cannot come for Christmas. She cannot control herself. Hey, Leo, I if I saw that cat going in the back of the car and, and the people inside, I would track you as long as I could just to feel good about my I'd life. i cut the radio off. Yes. Today, cut the radio off. Today, you'd be riding the bumper rolling video to be on YouTube. Uh, it would. But what, was, what was funny, though, it was like, all right, well get some fresh air so we don't have to listen to the smell but then when the window went down then the cat litter's flying around the smell that's hell on an ice cream cone that is (laughs) so again it was the cats you who else was in the car your mother yeah my mother i mean the car is of course loaded you know for bears presents yeah you know the car there's pillows blankets you know luggage and in between us and the cat litter sitting on top of the luggage in between the both of us so we're just, you know, looking, the poor cat's looking around like, you know, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? <laughs> was, so, <laughs> was somebody in the it was somebody in the passenger seat? Was somebody sitting in the passenger seat? <laughs> no, it was loaded I, with luggage. Oh. Luggage. Yeah, it had luggage. Cooler to everything. Yeah. It you know, like what, when, a, when a cat is questioning whether it's a good idea, <laughs> you got to wonder about what the parents are doing. Can I also observe that? Put yourself in the paws of that cat. Do you know how bad that cat must have had to go Real for bad. it to be up there in yeah. a speeding vehicle yeah. with trees going by? Trees yeah. going by. I know. That cat had to go like nothing. That's some concentration on the cat. That is. You know, I, I'm big ups to that cat. That's more concentration than I had with the Coke bottle in the back seat when my dad was Seriously? driving. Oh. That cat had probably held it for miles. <laughs> Check this out. We never seem to run out. Out of my way, you moron. Morons in the news with Bob and Sherry. It was 1.20 in the morning. The location was the Wawa Convenience Store in St. Petersburg, Florida. And Daniel Palomino, and that is his name, who is 32 years old, was arrested on battery charges. Palomino, police said, became upset, quote, because... He believed the chicken he had just purchased 
was not cooked completely. He then confronted the worker, 1.20 in the morning, and he confronted the worker at the Wawa by throwing the chicken at the victim. The chicken was covered in a spicy Nashville sauce. Oh, that sounds delightful, actually. That does but sound good. It got into, <laughs> it did. It got into the victim's eye. The Wawa employee did not suffer bodily harm, noted the cops. Palomino, who lives about a mile from the Wawa, well, he just screwed up there. It's only a mile away. And the next time he wants some delicious fried chicken at 1.20 in the morning, they're going to have his picture there. He will not be able to get it. That was stupid. <laughs> he was uh, booked into the county jail and then released the day later after a $500 bond. Uh, Mr. Palomino rap sheet includes convictions for cocaine possession, aggravated assault, theft, position of drug paraphernalia, criminal mischief, marijuana possession, and probation violation. He's a very calm-looking guy, but boy, he has been up to a lot in his 32 years. <laughs> no chicken for Palomino anymore. A man in Colorado is set to receive $400,000 in a settlement with city authorities after being arrested for a DUI, despite the fact he passed the breath test and the blood test. Loveland police officer William Gates pulled Elias over for failing to signal while changing lanes, then told Elias he smelled the overwhelming order of alcohol coming from Elias's vehicle. Elias took a breath test at the station, which produced 0% blood alcohol content. Police told Elias he had to take a blood test, which also came back negative. Elias's attorney <clears throat> released a YouTube video alleging that the Loveland Police Department officers would compete with each other as well as other police departments to see who can get the most DUIs. The Mothers Against Drunk Drivers also promoted a timed competition to get the most DUI arrest. Policing is not a game. DUI enforcement should never be a competition, his attorney said. They're innocent people, and their lives and jobs are at stake. And it happened again. The same thing happened to Elias again in another place. Separate lawsuit he filed against them. He's waiting to see what's going to happen. He also completed a breath test and a blood test and was negative. You know, can you imagine this guy's conversation at a cocktail party? Well, Elias, uh, what do you do? Ah, uh, every couple of months, I dab a little bourbon behind each ear. I get in my car. I change lanes without signaling. I get pulled over. That's how I live. I mean, what my idiot. gosh. I yeah. know what a what a way to go through life. I agree. <laughs> wow. Let's let's post that up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook as the moron of the day. And finally today, a library in Pennsylvania has finally been given a book that was checked out 54 years ago. Now the book would have racked up $1000 in fines, but then they changed the fine policy to the cost of the book at the time it was checked out. So that would have made the book 98 cents. But now they've abolished even that, so you can return an overdue library book to the library in Pennsylvania and not be fined at all. This particular book that was checked out for 54 years is called Beowulf, and it took that poor kid 54 years to read it. So that kid shouldn't be fined <laughs> no, at all. He should not. He so, should not. That's right. And that is Morons in the News coming up. We have a very special edition to our Gateway to the Weekend show for you. The People's Movie Critic's going to make an early appearance and review Wonka. Woo! That's coming up. 
next. It's Bob and Shay. Hello, my name is Steph Stone, Tamika Artist. I'm a 19 Yankee youth prize specialist. I'm the poor in Poland right now, and my family is in Selma, North Carolina, in Georgia. I want to wish my family and friends happy holidays. Here's Bob and Sherry. Okay, let's see what you all know about one of the states in our country. We have every state is beautiful in its own way, but this state is uh, this year especially very um, different. So what state has had more snow than New York City and Boston, two big cities, more snow than those two cities combined? Which state what do you state? think? What yeah. state? What okay. state? Ooh. Can I Go say ahead, Max. California? Okay, there's Max's guess. Lamar, which state? S- South Dakota. Okay, there's another one. Sherry? I'm going to go with Rhode Island. All right. Well, uh, they may have, each of those states may have had more snow than New York City and Boston combined. But the answer is Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii has had more snow. It was described by meteorologists as a winter wonderland earlier this season. A snowstorm dumped approximately a half a foot of snow at the Mauna Kea Weather Center on the island of Hawaii. The weather center is based on the Mauna Kea volcano. The peaks had snow. Boston has only received a fraction of its annual snowfall, and the same thing with New York City. But Hawaii, at that one spot, got a half a foot. And I know that this is true. I skied it once, and the skiing was terrible. You know, you had to walk along, <laughs> you had to walk along rocks to get to the snow part. But when you're there, you can actually look down and see where people are surfing. In the it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever experienced. But that's it. It's crazy weather out there when Hawaii has more snow than Boston and New York. It's Bob and Sherry. Hi, my name is Private Elijah Hauser. I am assigned to 40th BEB. Uh, I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I would like to wish all my friends and family around the world, even back at home, happy holidays. Stay safe out there. Go Steelers. Here's Bob and Sherry. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. A very special, think of it as an early Christmas present. The People's Movie Critic arriving a whole day early with his review of Wonka. Hey, Lamar. Hey, listen, don't make no mistake here. The 1971 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is now and always will remain the best version of this book and this story. It had the perfect balance of sweetness and a little malevolence. And the 2005 version with Johnny Depp was really heavy on the darkness and has some large doses of creepiness for me. It wasn't terrible, but it just didn't feel, didn't feel right to me. Uh, This Wonka hits the right tone. And this movie is perfect if you have kids because it stays on a level that the kids can understand and really enjoy, 
But as an adult, you're not going to be bored. There's a whole lot to like in this movie. The movie is set 15 to 20 years before the Gene Wilder original. And young Willy Wonka is played by Timothy Chalamet. And he has come to town to make his fortune selling chocolate. He wants to open it in the famous Galleries Gourmet. Now, that's a place for exotic foods, along with this chocolate syndicate that consists of three stores. And they are owned by Masseur's Slugworth, played by Patterson Joseph, Prodnose, played by Matt Lucas, and Fickle Gruber, <laughs> played by Matthew Baton. Now, these three chocolatiers are determined to get rid of Willy Wonka and the competition of his most fantastic chocolates, because everybody loves it. Now, Willie happens into worse trouble when he gets there and he's unable to pay for his room and he becomes an indentured servant in sort of a slave labor laundry that's owned by Miss Scrubbit and she's played by Olivia Coleman. And she uh, it's really weird to think about her in The Crown and then see her in this role. It, she does a great, great job. And while working off his debt, he meets four fellow inmates, if you will, including Noodle, an orphan played by Collar Lane, and he makes them part of his plan. Now, Wonka, has har he's harassed at every turn by the police chief, who is played by Keegan-Michael Key, and he is paid off in chocolate, no less, by the syndicate. And one of the cool <laughs> things is watching him go from the thin Keegan-Michael <laughs> Keegan Key to this big, round, can't-hardly-stand-up because he keeps eating all the chocolate. And Wonka is continually agitated by a mysterious nemesis he describes as a knee-high orange man with green hair. Of course, turns out to be Oompa Loompa, who's played by Hugh Grant. But with Willie's <laughs> mom's inspiration and his upbeat, can-do attitude, he is determined to gain his freedom and open the chocolate shop that he had promised his mother that he would. Now, the movie's a few minutes shy of two hours. It's rated PG for a little bit of violence and some mild language. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is a really good actor, and he brings all of the joy and the energy needed to play this young Willy Wonka. And this is the Wonka before he has been in business for many years and has become the slightly jaded and sarcastic version that Gene Wilder played. What he is missing is the ability to sing. He is not a good singer. And you would think this is very important in a musical, but it doesn't ruin the movie. I mean, the, the songs are still good. It's just he's a little off, but, you know, he does such a great job as Willy Wonka. You, you don't really care. The set designs are very colorful. They're very fanciful. They're, they're a lot of fun, just like you'd expect. Now, every actor does a great job, but the standout is definitely Hugh Grant's Oompa Loompa. He does not disappoint. And the genius that the director did is it's the whole fact that they don't overuse him. You're almost halfway into the movie before he ever shows up. And then he goes away and he pops in a few more times and we're left wanting more. If you stay for the credits, you'll see him one more time. Uh, I think this was a very good prequel to the original and it's way more enjoyable than the one that Johnny Depp did. I, I think families will really enjoy it. It seems to be banging out at the box office. My score on this is five solid Budweiser's. Very nice. Good time. Right. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. All right, five buds for Wonka. Let's listen. Traveling in the world of my creation, what we'll see will be five. 
Does it make you want to cry at how talented and beautiful Timothy Chalamet is? <laughs> and his hair. I'm sure his hair has got his own agent. I mean, his hair is just unbelievable. <laughs> It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Holiday Slash Christmas Store is now open. Merry Christmas! Santa's elves are working overtime to get you some great deals, like the Bob and Sherry Big Book Bundle, featuring Cooking with Cats, the Book of Bob, and our adult coloring book, too. Christmas miracles do happen. Bob and Sherry phone cases, luggage tags, tote bags, and Hanukkah coffee mugs, and Oi to the World shirts, True Weird Stuff swag, and more. Free shipping on orders over $75. Merry Christmas. The Holidays are here at the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. Happy holidays! Good morning. My name is Sergeant Nicole Shepard, and I am a logistics specialist here in Grafenwehr, Germany, with the 163rd Regional Support Group. I just wanted to wish my five babies and my family and friends a very, very Merry Christmas. And go Chiefs! Here's Bob and Sherry. If you're just joining us, the People's Movie Critic loved Wonka. He gave it five buds and called it a righteous and worthy prequel. And I will just let you know that you need to sit through the credits. And that's all we're going to say about that. Now, speaking of um, Christmas movies and Christmas movies, we have a talk back about this one. Hey, everybody. It's Amanda from Upstate, and I'm listening to the podcast about why kids scream when taking pictures with Santa. When my son was a senior in high school, we were at the mall shopping and Santa was there and I begged him mercilessly, please take a picture with Santa with me. You're going to college. This is our last one. So finally, after over an hour of harassing my poor son, he agreed. So we stood on either side of Santa and right before the photo was taken, my son leaned over the top of Santa's head and said, he smells like beef and cheese. And Bob, if you watch the movie Elf, you will get the reference. And it made the moment absolutely perfect. Love the show, guys. Thank you. Bye. Oh, God, what a funny kid, Amanda. What a funny kid is right. What a what a great kid at that age when they don't want to do anything but something that's cool that he agrees to that. That's great. He made his mommy happy. We have another one. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is Brian from Indiana, and I, want, I was just listening to you talk about your Christmas trees and, and things. Um, we have two trees in our house. One of one of them is our big tree, our regular tree, but it's full of Santa Clauses. And every, every time we go somewhere different, we, we, we look for a different type of Santa Claus. We have one made out of sand dollars, one made out of a paintbrush, some made out of old hickory or, or cypress knees. Some are my grandkids' handprints. We have one tree all done in Santa Clauses, and the other tree is a real skinny pencil-type tree, but it's full of Hallmark ornaments, and they all say um, our first Christmas together. Um, when we first got married 38 years ago, somebody gave us an ornament that said our first Christmas together, 1986, and they said this, the tradition is that you get the same ornament with a new date on it every year. So we have oh. about 38 ornaments that say our first Christmas together, dating back to 1986. And we do that for our friends that get married and our, our kids that get married. Um, we start them with that tradition. So it's kind of a cool thing. Love the show. Talk to you later. Bye. That's really I love nice. that idea. I yeah. do, too. Unless, <laughs> unless you get divorced. Then. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, then the, appreciate the you. Well, 
on the podcast to take this wonderful, sweet little moment and kind well, of veer it into the ditch. You know, it's like 50%. So I well, just thought, be, be, you know. Be, between us, our life experiences, <laughs> probably something to it. <laughs> no, that's very sweet. I'm, 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 I apologize for saying that, but that's, you know, I just thought. What do you do? The, Our first the first couple of years, though, there's not going to be very many ornaments. It's going to take a while. But right, the payoff yeah. now is unbelievable. That is yeah. awesome to have all of those. Yeah, that's great. That's right. a great yeah. idea. Yeah, it is. But I'm yeah, I'm a little right. bit with Bob here, you guys. Like having to keep hitting the reset button and starting over. Whew, I'm gonna have to live to be a thousand. <laughs> I, know. Know. <laughs> I know. It's it's Daunting. too much to ask of us. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I mean, judge us all you want, but the Bobster and I, we're right. a little tired at the prospect. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And then you'd have to remember to go and get it, you know, or you're thoughtless. But that's great. I mean, it's working for him. Did you hear how happy he was? His voice. Yeah. His voice was so happy, just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really liked both Brian and Amanda. They had a lot of good energy. And Lamar, back to Wonka, real quick. Yeah. Um. So when the movie first came out, before it hit theaters, like when only critics had seen it, and people were talking about Hugh Grant, um, uh, complaining about the movie and making fun of the movie. Now that you've seen it, do you still think that he's complaining? Or are you on my side where it's Hugh Grant knows exactly what he's doing and he's promoting? At this point, the whole industry knows what he's doing because he's sort of famous for this anyway. And he chews this thing up. He, he he had, I'm sure it was a lot of trouble to do it. I'm, I'm sure it was, but oh no, I, I believe he's promoting the show. It's getting headlines for the movie. I mean, that that's what he's doing because here's the deal. Nobody wants to hear him say, oh yeah, well, we had a great time. And he, no, they love to hear him go, oh, it was so hard to be doing all of this and, you know, and, and whatever, but he did a great job. Oh my gosh! It's, it's I admire him for not staying on too long in the leading man role. You know, I think he looked at himself. He's still very handsome. I mean, I'm not talking about the makeup in Wonka, but he's still a really handsome guy. But he said, "You know, I'm at an age right now where I'm I'm not the leading guy. So what do I do?" Well, the answer is a character actor, and oh, yeah. and that's what he's doing, and that's the role, right? And this may be a brand new career. I mean, totally. I mean, it's for, you know, yeah, totally. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, yeah. nobody needs to worry about Hugh Grant. I will remind <laughs> you all that the legendary actor, Sir Michael Caine, played Scrooge in The Muppets Christmas Carol, and he's doing just fine. It is right. more, it is, it is considered like the highest level of success for a distinguished British actor to engage in foolishness. Is it not? Yes. True. That's true. Yes. Yes. All right, straight ahead. Everyone needs a laugh with the Christmas comedy of Michael McIntyre. And speaking of Christmas, we got some forgotten traditions for you, including one involving a donkey you're not going to believe. It's Bob and Sherry. Hi, I'm Sergeant Brian Duke with Echo FSC 52nd BEB. I'm a striker mechanic from Alaska. I want to give a shout out to my wife and kids. Nicole, Maddie, and Olivia, I love you. Happy holidays, and I'll see y'all soon. Here's Bob and Sherry. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Michael McIntyre. Oh, yeah, Christmas, it's all happening now, isn't it? It's all happening. All oh, the women, the women, you can see they get that sort of organizational 
look in their eye. It's just completely obsessed with planning. I've got to get ready. I've got to get ready. I've got so much to think about. It happens, I think, at the final firework on fireworks night. When you have the finale. And the smoke clears and you see all the women going, Christmas. Got to start getting ready for Christmas, man. Christmas is coming. Don't talk to me. I'm thinking. I'm planning. I need so there's so much to do, darling. <laughs> Men do the tree. I love I love getting my tree and putting my tree up in my house. Come, darling, see the tree I chose. <laughs> Big bushy tree. Then you decorate it. It looks beautiful, doesn't it? And one of the main things you have to do when decorating a tree, as we all know, is you have to make sure that the plug is right at the back and the wire so you can't see it, so it doesn't ruin the aesthetic. The problem with this, of course, is that every night you leave it on because it looks so lovely, then you're halfway up the stairs and you stop. And you think, there could be a fire. Because literally every night of December, before bed, I'm downstairs under the tree. I tell you what, December, prime time for sellotape and scissors. <laughs> so these two really come into their own, isn't it? You all, by the way, everyone in this room has sellotape and scissors, and you think you know where they are. <laughs> they're probably not there, because they're always on the move. You're sitting there going, I actually know where my sellotape and scissors are, but no, not when you want them, not when you bloody want them. In the drawer, I thought they were here. Who's moved the scissors? They move on their own, the scissors. They're crafty little bastards. And the sellotape, as soon as you leave the sellotape unattended, it will wind itself up when you're not looking. Days on end of December are spent with me just looking round the tape. How could this have happened? Surely, soon or soon, I will find a way in. I've been here now for three days. And then you find it. Finally, I'm in. And you get some kind of weird backward triangle bit. I'm not in. I thought I was in, but I'm not in. Sometimes you give up. I'm not going to look for the scissors anymore. I'm going to buy new scissors. I don't care. I don't need to spend my whole life looking for scissors. I'm going to get new scissors. You think you've won. You think you've won, don't you? You get your new scissors. I've got some new scissors. Forget the old scissors. I'm going to spend my whole life looking for those babies. Here's my new scissors. Then you realise that the scissors come in a plastic packaging that closely... <laughs> closely covers the scissors. And you can't get in... unless you have scissors. <laughs> the very thing you need is staring at you through the plastic window. And they look at you, don't they? Find a way in. Go on, find your old scissors. You thought you'd won. You haven't won. We've won. The scissors have won. <laughs> Most people use the scissors in the classic scissor way, don't they? They cut. This is, you know how to use scissors. You get the paper. You, know, you see how much you might need. Then you start cutting like that. That's how people cut. But there are some people amongst us. Gifted. Special people. The gliders. <laughs> These people are amazing. Hidden oh, within God. normal society. <laughs> Some can even do the ribbon thing. <laughs> Most of us, we're not gifted in this way. But every single year, 
each and every non-gifted glider attempts the glide. <laughs> Make sure that nobody is looking. We try and do something we've seen other people do. I think you probably just push it there. <laughs> I've ruined the paper! I've ruined the paper! It was supposed to be slipping. I will save my next attempt for next year. I read a really funny tweet that said, wrapping presents is folding laundry's Christmas cousin. It's such That's a true. Word. I can't do either well. well That's so true. Well, we'll get the legendary Michael McIntyre posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, where you will also find the People's Movie Critics Review of Wonka. If you missed it, it's Bob and Sherry. Hello, everybody. This is Specialist Tony Zavala. I'm currently deployed in Poland. I'm assigned to 135AR. I would like to wish my family and friends back in Apple Valley, California, uh, happy holidays. And to my son, Adonis, I love and miss you so much, and I cannot wait to get home to you. Here's Bob and Sherry. I'm always looking for ways to make the holidays, like more fun for me, right? Because as the mom, I'm exhausted. All the cooking and shopping and decorating. So this year, my husband did a bunch of the shopping and he's just been delighted because finally the Amazon truck cometh for him, right? But in order to make the wrapping part of it easier this year, two months ago, I started saving boxes. Anything that came in a box, I saved it because boxes are easier to wrap, right? Than loose things. Yeah. So now I just want to put um, all of my children and everybody in my family on notice. Those bedroom slippers you asked for, you may be unwrapping a refrigerator box to get to them because every <laughs> single thing is in yeah. a box, which has been super easy to wrap. But it is hilarious because I have a bunch of things under the Christmas tree. We have a huge family. And it looks like, oh, my goodness. What is in that giant box? Did you buy that child the hippopotamus for Christmas, like in the song? As no, a sir, kid, those when are... you get that from like a relative, you get a yeah. box that's a pretty good size. That's and big. you go, oh, this is pay dirt. This is pay dirt. And you open it up and it's soap on a rope. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Listen up, little munchkin. You're going to learn a lot about disappointment as you travel through your adult life. It's going to start right yeah. here. That box that's the size of you, that box has some Legos in it. That is just the box I happened to have, and it was easiest to wrap. Except for one thing, Ada, my little tater tot, she loves rocks. She loves rocks. So I went to Home Goods because, you know, they sell like big chunks of crystal and whatnot. And I got her a big chunk of crystal and amethyst, like a big, giant, heavy rock that you could brain somebody with. And rather than put that in a box, I thought it would be hilarious to wrap that up loose because it weighs a t- it weighs as much as she does. Yeah. So everything yeah, yeah, yeah. in un- everything under my Christmas tree is a box, except for Ada's rock, which looks like <laughs> a rock wrapped in yeah. Christmas paper. It's Bob and it. Cherry. Hi, my name is Lieutenant Colonel Timmy Decker. I'm the commander of Ford Land Forces Battle Group Poland. I want to give a special shout out to all of our families back home, wherever that may be. The United States, Great Britain, Croatia, Romania, or Poland. Your soldiers are out here doing fantastic work, and that is all enabled by your support back home. Thank you so much for everything you do to make them successful in Eastern Poland, assuring our partners and allies, and deterring our adversaries. Happy holidays. Here's Bob and Sherry.
It is talk back time. You can give us a call at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. But if you're like a lot of people and you just never use your phone to talk anymore, you can use the Bob and Sherry app, which is free in Apple in the Apple Store and Google Play. You can listen to all of the show every day. You can listen to all of our podcasts, including Talking Lamar and True Weird Stuff and the Oddcast. You can text the studio and enter contests and send videos. And you can tap that little cartoon microphone in the bottom center of the screen and the app will do the rest. Hi, Bob, Sherry, Max, Doc, and Lamar. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. I want to thank you for all of the enjoyment and stress-reducing podcast listening times I've had with you over the past few decades. I wanted to send a quick message, as quick as I can, to each of you to say, guess what? I can sympathize or support all of you in certain things. I'll save Bob for last. So Lamar, I'm going to start with you. Guess what? I hate meatballs. I hate meatloaf. Anything meaty and mushy with a binder, I think is completely, utterly disgusting. And you cannot convince me otherwise. I don't care if I'm going to Italy. The last thing I'm going to eat is a meatball. Sherry, um, I completely agree with you. And I've even called into the show to talk about it before. Spouses, partners, get out of the house every once in a while and leave your wives or your partners alone for at least a full day if possible if not overnight that would be the gift of all gifts just let us be and don't ask questions doc (coughs) excuse me doc i've gone through what you've gone through in the past year or so handling the estates and closing up a house for someone after their death is an incredibly stressful period in your life Um, Sadly, I've done it a couple of times, and it never gets easier, and it's one of those things that has to be done. So I sympathize with you greatly. And last but not least, Bob, Bob, guess what? Here here you go. Don't watch Elf. It's a stupid movie. I just think it's silly. So there you go. It's me again, the sympathizer and the agreeer. Sorry I ran out of time. But Bob, seriously, Elf. Yeah, it might be cute in some spots. Overall, it's a silly movie, I think. Period. But I align with you on a lot of movies. I watched The Sopranos for the first time during COVID, and there went my kick. And I watched every mob movie, De Niro movie you could find. So I wish I could just go relive the days that I hadn't seen The Sopranos so I could rewatch it again. (laughs) Anyway, you all have an incredible ability to make everybody's day much happier, lighter. We feel like we know you even though we don't, but we feel like we do. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for adding Lamar to the mix. I think he was uh, the little spice that you needed. So I hope all of you have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful 2024. And I look forward to continuing to listen to you um, at my desk, in my car, and just getting that bit of uh, stress relief during the day. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Oh, that was very nice. 
What a did, wise did we, woman. What a wise did, did we not have any spice in the show before, Lamar? Was she saying, <laughs> oh, we were gosh, just bland? Your ability. How did you do that? We're a, we were a bland sort Your of ability show? to <laughs> ferret out an insult and a compliment. That's, that's what she said. I mean, I appreciate it. She, she gave you the elf deal, didn't she? She gave you the elf deal. She gave me the elf thing. Be happy. Take She's the win. She's a woman. Yeah. Take and, and the she win. She loves the Sopranos like I do. But I just, I'm looking back. I got to have to listen back to see if there was no spice and it was just bland. <laughs> it's Bobby yeah. Sherry. True. Weird. In the late 1800s, May Yoey had it all. A successful musical theater career, a handsome royal husband, and then it was all gone. If you're the superstitious type, you'd believe she was yet another victim of the most famous jewel in the world, the curse of the Hope Diamond. True. Weird. Stop. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. This is just the most sentimental time of the year. And so we have a brand new feature for you called Max's Christmas Bag Full of Memories. The only time a holiday showdown is really fun is when you're watching it and you're not at all involved in it. You're so right. You know, like... You're so right. You know that at no time the fight's going to spray onto you. Because sometimes the showdown starts between two people. And before you know it, well, have you ever thought about asking Sherry how she feels about it? And you're over there going, oh, no, no, don't ask. I don't want to get involved. But you get sucked in. You know what you have to do? You have to quietly go to one of them, the one you like the most, and just say something kind of neutral. I'm here for you. Right? And watch it go. Yeah, because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good, right? You're being positive. You're above the fray. Now, I've seen both kinds of holiday showdowns. In my family, things get heated and loud and nuts fast. But in other people's families, and I will not name names, in other people's families, things maintain a frosty, chilly, passive-aggressive silence. Yeah, yeah. And I know that that's a more polite way of handling it. Yeah. I like loud and nuts better. It's better yet when it's not your family, but the family you're visiting. Yeah. Like if, like if it's your wife's family or if it's your girlfriend's family and you're showing up and you're just... You're just a spectator. Oh, you're, not only are you just a spectator, but you could come from a very, very calm and uh, solid family. They don't know. You're here with the craziness. It makes you look great, right? See, I come from the big, loud crazy. And when I find myself in the frosty, passive-aggressive, I'm like, woo, you can see your breath in here tonight. Yeah, that's true. But wouldn't it be, you know, it's hard. I know it's more polite to be frosty and passive-aggressive. But does, isn't it more likely to get resolved if you're loud and insane? To see somebody's grandma moon, somebody's cousin? Yeah. What would you rather, where would you rather back? be? Are you kidding? Where would you rather be? I don't even know that I'm frosty and passive aggressive. I'm like, can can you just not treat me a little civilly? You know, it's like out of the out of the out of the grand scheme of a year, this is less than one percent of the time you will spend in this year. I don't know. Can what you not smile and it. just look at me and go, I kind of like you. 
I kind of, sort of. Like have a truce at Christmas, yes. right? Yes. The Nazis spirit of stopped, stopped shooting at us over the rivers sometimes on Christmas. That's not going to stop my cousin. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. Even the Nazis, the Nazis stopped Nazis shooting stopped. at us on Christmas. Can, but can I not get relatives to, to be able to look going, at Where's me? the grenade? There he is. There that bastard is. Shoot him. Shoot him. Beat at him. Merry Christmas, Max. Hi, Angie. My best friend goes to her sister-in-law's house on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. Um, She's not allowed to put her presents under the tree because her wrapping paper does not match the wrapping paper of the sister-in-law, no. which matches the decor of the tree, which matches the decor of the living room. You are making that up. Nope. That takes lying. that takes controlling B to a professional <laughs> level. I almost respect it. Martha Stewart level. Yeah, exactly. Controlling B. Exactly. Yeah. She where where does she... Where does she Before put she her gifts? gifts? Where does she put her gifts? That, that... She has to keep them in the bedroom where they sleep until all the, the pretty wrapped paper. Now, my friend isn't very Martha Stewartish at all, so I granted her presents probably look like crap, but they're still, I mean... They're gifts. Ridiculous, yeah. So instead of the, the silver paper with a beautiful red bow... Mm-hmm. Your friends, your, your, your friends maybe has like Frosty or something on it like that? Yeah, something has the Santa Claus wrap from yeah. Big Lots from 1975 or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus turned away the second wise man because the bow was sloppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. As Bob pointed out, and Max, even the Nazis called a truce, but not your people. For one day. It's the holiday showdown. About that. It's yeah, Bob yeah. and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this shit. I cannot believe this So Christmas is such a time, the holiday season in general is just such a time for traditions and sentiment. And, you know, we do it this way because we've always done it this way. But I read the most fascinating thing about Christmas traditions that have kind of been forgotten that were a really big deal in the day, but now they're just gone. And like, here's an example. People used to make sugar plums because after the iconic uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas poem came out with the line, the children were nestled all snug in their beds, visions of sugar plums dance in their heads. Right. So here's what, there are no plums in sugar plums. Here's what, the original traditional sugar plum was and it sounds like the sort of thing that I would try to do with my kids and then everyone be like "Ooh, that's gross I'm not eating it they would get like a cardamom pod or some caraway seeds and they would coat them in sugar and that would be your sugar plums have you ever eaten a caraway seed it tastes a little bit like rye bread yeah yeah exactly yeah. 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 Now I'm going to coat some in sugar and hand them out to your children. <laughs> Call hmm. them sugar plums. It's going to be a tough sell. Once upon a time, at Christmas time, people didn't just make fun of fruitcake. They took a piece of fruitcake and they put it under their pillow. Because if you did that and you were single, you would dream of the person that you were destined to marry. Plus, Bob, if somebody you and broke I, into your house, you could take it and throw it at him and he would die. Well, my bigger concern, Bob, was I don't know how you and I are going to sleep. That's going to be one lumpy pillow because there's a lot of fruitcake fruit under there. That's all, I, 
that's all I'd be thinking of. Um, the next, the next um, thing that's gone is we used to celebrate something called the Feast of the Donkey. So this happened in Europe, but a lot of people listening have European ancestry. So here's what your ancestors would do. They would drape a donkey in ribbons and they would have a procession that wove its way through the center of town to the local church. And then they would bring the donkey inside the church and the donkey would stand at the altar with the priest. And then the congregants would mimic its donkey noise in like a call and response with the priest. So the priest might, I'm trying to think like, I only know a Catholic mass. The priest might say, um, peace be with you. And instead of saying, and also with you, the people in church would go, <laughs> okay, let's I don't understand you're, it either. You're the priest. Uh, you're the okay. priest, yeah. and, and we'll yeah. respond to it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sherry. Peace be with you. Lift up. Lift up your hearts. What is up with that? I just cannot tell you. And then wait, I'll tell you what, the church will do anything to get some people in the pews and become fathers and, and sisters. And then after church services were over, the, the donkey would be led out of the church and the people would have these wild parties that would get totally out of hand. And it was so raucous and so insane that a lot of towns banned the Feast of the Donkey because they were like, you know, you all can't, you can't control yourselves with this donkey. And maybe that's see. why, yeah. yeah, maybe that's why we don't have Feast of the Donkey anymore. Um, here's another one. Back um, Now, this was influenced by the ancient pagan Roman holiday of Saturnalia centuries ago and this is this is along the lines of the donkey in the church they would elect a child to run the church services instead of a priest or a minister and this would happen on the feast of saint nicholas on december 6th and sometimes it would be like a three-year-old leading the mass or the church service on the feast of saint nicholas Wow. Um, that That's a gamble. <laughs> With a yeah, toddler, it's, it's always a gamble. But I, I think it might be, might be very, very sweet. We had something like that in one of the churches I attended years ago and took the kids to, where uh, the children, uh, the choir would sort of lead uh, a service leading up to Christmas. And it was very sweet, but they were organized. Oh no, these, this, the minister would be in the, in the congregation in one of the pews and we'd have a toddler up there leading the service. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the, the last watch. one, the last one that we're going to do, and we'll post all these up on the uh, Bob and Sherry Facebook. Um, you know, the song, it's the most wo wonderful time of the year. There's a lyric in there that goes, there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories. Did you ever stop to wonder why a Christmas song talks about ghost stories? Did you ever think about that before? It had to be uh, Dickens, right? Well, it, Dickens is the product of the Victorians, and the uh -huh. Victorians loved ghost stories. 
And of okay. course, A Christmas Carol is a ghost story, basically, right, right by Charles right. Dickens. Exactly. But yeah. during during the Victorian era, they were far more interested in the supernatural components of the Christmas mm-hmm. holiday. And in fact, in the olden times, in Germany and Poland, if a baby was born on Christmas Eve, the parents were worried they'd be a werewolf. Oh my goodness. That's a tough one to lay on a newborn. I got to yeah. and bottle it's that like, the rest it's, of your life. It's bad enough that your birthday and Christmas are together, but now your parents don't let you out during a full moon. Like, it's a tough life for some of these kids. We'll get this posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. This is Bob and Sherry. Happy holidays, everybody back home. My name is Staff Sergeant Marcus Burke, 2113's Transportation Company, Maintenance Division. I'm a volunteer from 2123rd Richmond, Kentucky. We're out here doing the best we can, support everyone we can. My guys are working tirelessly to keep the wheels on the trucks rolling. Everybody back home, I can't wait to see you. Merry Christmas. Here's Bob and Sherry. I am looking at some pictures of current movies, and the headline is... Smoking is back in the movies, and here's why. The picture that I'm looking at right now is of Bradley Cooper and Carey Mulligan in Maestro, which is the uh, picture about Leonard Bernstein, the great uh, composer and um, maestro. And they're both smoking cigarettes, and there was evidently a joke, and I think it's used in the movie, where he would walk up to his mother with two cigarettes in his mouth, light the cigarettes, and say to her, where's yours? It was just a running gag. Also, you'll see smoking done by Divine in The Holdovers. And, oh, in Oppenheimer, the lead, Cillian uh, Murphy in Oppenheimer Killian. is smoking a pipe. Killian, yeah, is smoking yeah. a pipe throughout the, uh, the entire movie. So it's all over the place. And producers are saying, yeah, we know it's an awful thing, but it is a way to capture time, character, and sometimes tragedy. I I just have mixed emotions because I hate cigarettes so much. I just despise them. And I hope anybody who's still smoking will find uh, the ability to dump them sooner or later, hopefully sooner. And yet I can see the reasoning behind it. If you're you're doing a, a movie about the 1950s and nobody smokes in the movie, how accurate is it really to the scene? What do you think? I, yeah, I agree. I mean, there are certain periods where that's what people were doing. But yeah. I know I know how you feel because I agree with you that it really does glamorize. It does glamorize it. And so you don't es- want that. Right. Especially when you get a guy like Bradley Cooper. Um, you get anybody who's attractive. Uh, Carrie Mulligan is certainly attractive. You get people like that, and it does add a little bit of sexiness to it, and it's not. It's a terrible thing. So anyway, if you see that in uh, films, they're wrestling with it in Hollywood, but it's back right now. It's Bob and Sherry. This is just the most sentimental time of the year, and so we have a brand new feature for you called Max's Christmas Bag Full of Memories. Hi, Amy. Good morning. How are you guys? Good morning. I'll give you the jingle stick there to welcome you. This is Thanks, a Bob. this is about your father-in-law. Oh my gosh, he's notorious for disappearing acts at all family functions, but this one was the best. This was a couple years ago, Christmas Eve. We're visiting them in Texas, 
You have to understand, his wife of 40-some-odd years has an identical twin, and they're the most devout Catholics on the planet. Right. So this is Christmas Eve. They're going to 5 o'clock Mass. Right. My aunt says something along the lines of, oh, I think the battery on my camera's low. He's like a rocket out the door. Oh, I'll get batteries. I'll be right back. (laughs) So he shoots out the door. This is normal for him. So we're like, oh, there goes Dick. So he's gone. Uh, How many times have I said that? Oh, yeah. This is, I guess, two. We're talking, this is Hang on, Amy. Hang on. I'll tell you, the gifts are falling out of the sky for us this morning here it's on the, the Bob and Cherry Show. It's fruit. It is. Sure. Now, back. Oh, there goes Dick. Back. Let's get back to Amy now, all right? Let's get back to Amy. Gotta have batteries. Yeah. Yeah, because she needed a battery immediately. So yeah, of course. Leaves. Who doesn't? This is, like, this is two in the afternoon. They've got five o'clock mass they've got to be at. Right. So TikTok goes the clock. Everybody's getting ready. My husband and I are not. We had a brand new baby, so we're, we weren't going to service. So we're, we said, you all go on to service, and when Dick gets back, we'll send him on. You know, he probably got held up somewhere. So he comes rolling in at, like, 5.30. And we're like, hey, Mud, what's up? Because you're way late for math. He's acting all oblivious. What? I meant what? 5 o'clock mass with your wife. Like, you didn't know you had to be there? Oh, well, I had to, I had to uh, walk the dog. I had to stop at home. What had happened when we dug into what he was doing? He sat down at the mall, and he fell asleep. He fell asleep at the mall? At the mall, on the old man bench. You know where the, all the yeah, old men sit? Yeah, over by the plant, yeah. Yeah, over by the battery store, he said. So he, we said, you get on the mask quick, because you're in trouble. When they got back... My mother-in-law's eyes were swelled shut. She had cried the entire service. Oh, my God. oh how do no. you live with yourself? Oh, no. Oh, she was still crying when she got home. You know why she was crying? For his lost soul. Oh, my gosh. you It was insane. So I'm just cooking, did it, do whatever. My husband's rolling his eyes. And then finally, Dad went over, and he apologized, and she held him lovingly and said, I can never stay mad at you. I can never stay mad. I don't and say that quite as much as I say. No, there goes no. Dick. There goes Dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gave. Uh, he gave. Would a you rather? Time. Would Would you rather say there goes less or there goes Dick? Always, oh, always. And there goes. Yeah. Dick. And it fits him. It fits him like. All Does it? Believe. Yeah. It's funny how life works out that way. So, so the uh, um, of the two Catholic sisters, did the other sister, did her husband go with her to mass? No, she devoted her life to God when she was 18, and she's never been married. She's never been with a man ever. She's like a nun. But when Dick married his wife, he got, it's like a twofer. It's all vacations, you know, with the twins. Everything they do is with the twins. That's oh, why he's always really? Away. Wow. Oh, yeah. Dick and the twins. Dick and the twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God, oh, Max. Listen. That's the line of the Amy, season Amy, right I there. I gotta tell you, this is the greatest Christmas gift this show's ever gotten. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. My husband and I have chewed this story so many times, I can't even tell you. Oh, well, no wonder stop. poor Dick is so tired. Yep. I can't oh, believe yeah. he was left oh, at yeah. the mall sleeping. That is really tragic. <laughs> the <thrill>. Yeah. <laughs> Priceless, Max. You know, if they don't send out a Christmas card that says, Happy Holidays from Dick and the, the Twins, twins. <laughs> they're missing something. Oh, and everybody knows it. He finally had to put his foot down to not share a hotel room when they go on vacation.
Because he said he can't get out of the shower without the twins Keep- both being right there. And that just happened like a year ago. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You know, people's lives are so fascinating, Amy. Oh, my God. I want to thank you for sharing um, this beautiful holiday remembrance with us. You you are very welcome. And our, our best. Can you give Dick and the Twins the jingle stick? Uh, all, all day long. <laughs> Hello, I'm Captain Howie from the 112th Mobile Public Affairs Detachment, Wisconsin Army National Guard. I'm sending my holiday greetings to my friends and family back home. Here's Bob and Sherry. Oh, it's so delightful to have you with us here. Got the old jingle stick going. Everybody's in such a happy, joyous uh, frame of mind. I thought I'd throw a wet towel on the whole thing, taking a look at Christmas dilemmas right now. These Christmas dilemmas, they do pop up. How do we handle them? Well, it's up to us. Let's start with this one. It's kind of a cliche, but what the heck? Turkey troubles. Oh, yeah. You don't cook a turkey very often. So you put that thing in there, you know, you're following the directions. And all you can think about for the next three hours, is it going to be dry? And then everybody will lie to you and saying, oh, no, it's not too dry. It's not too dry. For, for decades, we have, to, we have to give that up. If it's dry, it's dry. Just eat the damn thing, will you? That's why you make gravy, but you won't eat that, so. I don't like gravy. I'd rather have dry. I'd rather have, yeah, I would rather have dry <laughs> turkey. You're such a Puritan. You'd rather choke on a piece of dry turkey than put some delicious, sensuous gravy on it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know where that comes from. Um, Batteries. Forgetting to buy batteries or running out of batteries for, you know, new toys or something. That's not a problem at our house. It's the funniest thing. On the uh, nightstand next to where Mary sleeps at night, there's, there must be 40 batteries in there. I don't know what the heck she's doing with those things, but there's a lot of them in there. She's, she's just prepared <laughs> for an emergency. Yes, That's what I figured. She's a yeah. prepper. She's a prepper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I admire that woman very much. Now, this is one that a lot of people struggle with, but I myself do not. It's fake joy. Having to pretend you like your presence even though you really don't like it or need it, but the person who gave you the presents, a nice person, and they thought it was good for you. I don't know why this has got to be such a problem. I just do it so easily. Can I do it for you right now? Yeah. yeah, Show us your talent. Yes. Can I do it for you right now? Yes, would you please? Yes, please. Don't make us beg. All right, let's see what this is. This is from uh, Mary's friend, Gail. Hi, Gail. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to put up your, your present right now. You didn't have to do this, seriously. Nah, you sh- Well, it's very sweet of you. Let me see what it is here. Let's see. Oh, wow. It's three. Am I getting this right? Three monogrammed um, handkerchiefs. I don't even know where my handkerchiefs are when I when I go out. I don't. I, I use this cheap tissue, which is terrible for tearing up your nose and everything. Look at this. I could use this as it's monogrammed. I could use it as a pocket square. Thank you very much. These are great. These are really great. Is that that hard? Was that not great? Was that good? But you're so you know you're so two faced. Not everybody has that gift, right? You got to yeah, give you're people. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, give yeah. people the benefit of yeah. not having trans face syndrome. Yeah, I am. I am blessed. Um, regifting. 
<laughs> regifted. <laughs> Realizing you've been regifted a present that somebody was clearly given previously. That is one of the most awkward things. I've been at, at exchanges and I've seen that. I had I saw that happen to my father once and it was it was embarrassing because it was somebody on my mother's side and he didn't like my father. I, I know I've told this story before, but very quickly, I, one year my sister and brother-in-law gave me a gift and it was like a kit to wash your car and stuff. Then they took yeah. it back and said, we have to give this to someone else. We'll send it to you later. Did they what? ever? Yeah, they did, but that's kind yeah, of Yeah, that's weird. tacky. Yeah. But they what? figured, here's what they figured. Oh, he, yeah. we could do, he won't care. I mean, you know, we could do this. To yeah. Him. yeah. Yeah. That's what you get for being agreeable. That's what you get, my friend. <laughs> and Bob would know. Pleasing. Yeah. People that's, pleasing. Right. that's our problem. Yeah, People pleasing. That's right. These are Christmas dilemmas that many of us have to go through. Um, boring parties, feeling obligated to stay at a boring party for fear of offending the host. That is a tricky one. You, you can't leave. An hour and a half is like the minimum if you're worried about offending the host. That's a long time. You know what I mean? That's like a movie. An hour and a half. And that's the minimum. And then you go to I your wife you're... and you say, hey, do you think it's time to... And then she says out loud, now? Oh, no, I didn't I... mean now. No, I didn't I mean think now. you're no. right, though, that you really can't leave before an hour and a half is up. Hour and a half is minimum. Unless you've cleared it ahead of time by saying, we've got, you know, Karamia's Christmas dance recital, but we can pop by for a few before. Like, yeah. unless you've preset you it. Yeah. yeah. How close are How you? How close are you to them? Yeah, I mean, they're you know, friends some of your parties wife. Where... Friends of your oh, wife. Okay. No, no, no. no you're screwed. You're totally you screwed. They got shrimp. Um, they got shrimp now. They got shrimp. It's a different story. Yeah, it only goes so I far because if you stay shrimp. too long close to the shrimp, people start talking about you, and you know. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, you say that like you've lived it. Because I, have you ever been to a party where people are going? Oh my God, take a look at Lamar. He's just, he'd think he was Bubba Gump the way he won't let those shrimp go. I mean, is that a thing that really happens? You've got to walk. You've got to walk. You do have to walk. Walk around. Yeah. You keep moving. Walk around with the shrimp. Swing by the shrimp, grab a couple, Again. then move. Right. Listen, I went to Carla. Right. I went to Carla's uh, uh, grad, not graduate racing, but a uh, uh, high school reunion. I know mm -hmm. nobody. I know nobody. And mm -hmm. I don't really, I can't even get a conversation going with nobody. <laughs> so I just start walking. I got my steps in. I just had to keep walking. Just, yeah. Walking, walking, walking. I've done that at weddings. I've done that at yeah, wedding receptions. You just kind of walk. walk around. Just keep Get walking. a little bit of that yeah, barbecue. Get a drink. Yeah. Stand over there and smile. Just smile <laughs> over there as you're walking. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Hope that helped a little bit. It's Bob and Sherry. Hello, I'm Specialist Adam O'Common. Uh, 74 Delta with 48B BHHC. For deployed to Foss LSA South, Poland. I want to wish my family and friends back home in Durham, North Carolina, a happy holidays. I miss you guys. Love you. I can't wait to see you soon. Here's Bob and Sherry. Well, it's getting a little bit easier to carry this Christmas bag around, but I still got a few things down in the box. Now, y'all may already know this, but I don't think you do. In Italy, 
Christmas dinner can last for more than four hours. I believe it. Most of the Italian families have more than seven courses for the dinner. So it is an event. I'd love to check that out. I really would. Well, Sherry can tell you about that. She She used to have it in Philly, right? Yeah, you would enjoy it, Lamar, Um, because not only are you eating for about seven hours, um, but you're talking about what you are eating, what you're going to eat, what you've eaten in the past, and what you should consider eating in the future. It is the most food... Oh, you would be in How am I not Italian? I don't know, buddy, because... You would love it. Boy, howdy, would you love it, Yeah. And, and, the, and the difference is, is that you eat all the traditional foods, turkey, ham, roast beef, whatever, but then you have all the Italian foods to go with that. All the traditional desserts and all the Italian desserts. Oh. Antipasto and, oh, my so, yeah. Yeah. You know, Before turkey, go ahead. It's true about Italians. While they're having lunch, they're talking about where they're going to go for dinner. Yeah. You would love our people. (laughs) Before turkey, the traditional Christmas meal in England was a pig's head with mustard on the side. Because evidently they didn't have a bunch of turkeys; they had a bunch of pigs. Um, the whole, the whole head, the whole whole head head. just sitting there on the table. Yep, pig's head. Well, tasteless not for me. That's my favorite part. I'm going to say this for that. Um, you can eat almost anything if you get enough mustard on it, right? Yeah. I mean, everything you put enough mustard on it, you're just eating mustard. You could probably eat a pine cone if you got enough mustard on it. So, okay. <laughs> the most expensively dressed Christmas tree ever was valued at $11,026,900. And it was in the United Arab country. United Arab That's Republic. a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's yep. also, I mean, crazy. obviously, obviously uh, not a Christian country, so I guess they just yeah. like the whole idea. They like the yeah. tree. Okay, yeah. mistletoe. Mistletoe is not as sweet as it sounds. Mistle thrush birds eat the plant's berries. They digest the seed, then they help the plant germinate with their droppings. The Germanic word for mistletoe literally means dung on a twig. <laughs> and a lot of gals have kissed that underneath the mistletoe, as a matter of fact. Makes, makes you want to pucker up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's an American way to say that, too, but I'm going to have to let that go. Yeah, uh, yeah, you made the right choice. <laughs> Dung no. on a twig. <laughs> oh, God. Well, now, now, here is a Christmas gift that held a life-saving secret. During World War II, the United States Playing Card Company joined forces with American and British intelligence agencies to create a very special deck of cards. They distributed them as Christmas gifts to soldiers, but it also helped Allied prisoners of war escape from the German POW camps. When you wet those cards, individual cards peeled apart to reveal maps of escape routes depending on where you were imprisoned at. What about that? That's fantastic. Mm. Way back then to have that kind of creativity and scientific ability. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's great. Hey, Bob, this is especially for you. Tinsel, okay. it's got a really good history. Tinsel was invented in 1610 in Germany. It was really? spun from real silver and then hammered out. And then it was really, at that point, it was a more of a luxury decoration than the cheap yeah, trimming yeah. that it is now. The U.S. Right. government once banned tinsel because it used to contain poisonous lead. No need to worry now, though. It's just plastic. And you still got to keep it away from young kids and pets because it could be a choking yeah. hazard. But, yeah, Bob, yeah. now that you know the history of tinsel, does that relax your hatred of tinsel at all? Does it relax no. it any? No, I, I hate tinsel. it even more. I, I hate it even more that people were that rich that they would just throw silver on a tree. I hate it even more. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know, now that I know the history, the history is worse than the actual product today. Yes, Bob, Listen, but all their children really, were eating it and hitting the lead in it. So you know, yeah, it's just—it's well, not enough to take the sting away for them. It's no. just not you know, enough. No. Bob, I'm really, really glad that I was able to take tinsel out of that mindset, that rental in the mindset, because I know that tinsel has been stuck in your head. Now I've just increased it. Your hatred it is you even more. You have another I'll be Christmas by miracle. That tree. Yeah. That's right. Another Christmas miracle. Ha! This Very good. is Bob and Sherry. Hello, I'm sorry, First Class Nestler with the 2113 Transportation Company. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out from Poland back to my family, Stephanie, Mia, Jaya, Lennox, and Penelope. I love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful holiday, and I'm praying for you, and I miss you so much. Here's Bob and Sherry. So yesterday, as I was uh, making cookies and wrapping some gifts and vacuuming up pine needles, for some reason, I don't know why, my thoughts turned to Mrs. Santa Claus and why she just does not get enough play. Because, you know, that woman is doing an awful lot to make Christmas magic happen. Would you not agree? So then I decided, let me find out who the heck is Mrs. Santa Claus. And the first mention of Mrs. Claus gets made in a short story back in 1849 called A Christmas Legend. And the story goes like this. An old man and woman are given shelter on Christmas Eve. They're tired. They have nowhere to stay. The next morning, the old man and the woman are gone. But the children of the house find all sorts of gifts that were left for them. And that's it. It's a little bit spooky. But that is the first time we see Mrs. Santa Claus show up. Then in 1889, she shows up as the reindeer caretakers. She's the reindeer bodyguard, and she goes on Santa's sleigh because while he's delivering gifts and coming down the chimney, Mrs. Claus is outside standing guard over the sleigh and taking care of the reindeer. Ever heard that before? Mm-mm. No. No. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? The first time Mrs. Claus showed up in a Christmas show or movie was in the movie Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Which I, I guess was out in like the 50s or 60s I or think whatever. I the 50s, yeah. 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 Mrs. Santa Claus does not have a first name. Santa has goes by a couple of names, including Chris Kringle, St. Nick, Father Christmas, Santa Claus. But Mrs. Claus, <clears throat> she doesn't have a first name that we know of. And as far as the TV shows and children's specials tell us, all she does is bake cookies. And, and be in charge of the elves. But you know, speaking as a wife and a woman, um, do you really think that Mr. Kevin is going to load up the sleigh and the magical reindeer and deliver Christmas gifts around the world with zero input from me? 
Anybody see that? No. Anybody? I nope. didn't think so. Nope. 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 Round of applause for Mrs. Claus. She's very <laughs> underappreciated. 1964, by the way. Thank you, Max. Santa Claus versus takes on the Martians or whatever. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.